Welcome, or welcome back if you're a returnee. In the last podcast, I promised four things. Two rapid promotions and one mental health crisis. And the fourth one, the partridge in the pear tree, so to speak, being exciting news of a new development for this very podcast. And I'm going to share the last of those four things with you now from next time. This podcast will regularly have guests on. That's right, it won't just be me. Um, I'm really excited about this. There are so many interesting people I want to talk to. For now, though, on with the story. So, I had qualified as a teacher, if you remember, and I'd landed my first teaching job, teaching business studies in a high school. This meant I was also a form tutor, uh, looking after a form of year sevens. So, these are kids brand new to secondary school, aged sort of 11, 12 for the first 20 minutes of each day, sharing school notices and reminders, uh, conducting activities such as reading and quizzes with them, that sort of thing. Uh, This was just as COVID restrictions were put in place, so to begin with, many of these were online. Not that many students joined me virtually at 8.40 in the morning, but I did my best. Anyway, we uh, returned, I think, eventually to -to face-to-face classes early on in the next year, and uh, we had face masks and social distancing and bubbles and split breaks and lunchtimes and COVID testing and all the stuff that, uh, that I'm sure you'll all remember. I took my form tutor role very seriously. I, I enjoyed the pastoral element of it, and around a year later, this helped lead to my first promotion. Uh, Still teaching business, but with additional responsibility as a head of house, with the rather grand title of Director of Learning, reporting to the Deputy Head, no less. This meant I had to give up my form, which was hard, but it did mean I got to see all 12 forms in our house, because I had dotted line responsibility for the form tutors. It also meant I got to do things like run assemblies and so forth. My new role coincided with a number of new staff who made up around half of my form tutors, and they were super enthusiastic, which really helped. The role went well. I enjoyed the variety and the responsibility. My working day was somewhat longer and fuller than when I was solely teaching, and I didn't really stop for a break all day, but that was okay. I threw myself into it and relished the opportunity to liaise with staff across the school, such as the homeschool support worker and children's manager, that sort of thing, roles that as a teacher I barely knew existed. I attended governor's disciplinary panel meetings, met with parents, ran detentions, organised the mock exam supervision by the senior leadership team and generally got really involved in school life. Around a year later came the second opportunity. Another school in the Trust was recruiting an assistant head teacher. I was encouraged to apply and, to my astonishment, got the job. A massive increase in responsibility and pay, but quite a big step up, which nevertheless I felt ready for. I was even able to start early in the June, as my teaching and head of house roles were successfully recruited for. So I started there in the June. After a dizzyingly busy first week, I was woken in the middle of the night by my wife, to learn that my 15-year-old daughter had taken an overdose of painkillers and an ambulance was on its way. I was shocked and sad and I'll admit a little angry, to be honest. After a night in hospital, she was discharged with no physical effects. However, a few days later, she announced she wanted to go and stay at her grandparents' house around an hour away. 
arrangements were duly made for what we thought would be a day or two. But a few days turned into a week, which turned into a few weeks. She didn't even return to school that term, but was at least under the care of mental health services. I battled on with the new job, made lots of contacts within the school, learnt as much as I could about the role, and took the task of organising activities week for the whole school's last week of term. All the while, really worried about my daughter and what the future held for her. She'd always been bright and hard-working with excellent school results, but had struggled to make and keep friends, I think it's fair to say. And now, I seriously wondered if she was going to actually return to school at all for her final year, or if she was going to throw it all away. So it was with mixed feelings that I discovered during the August summer holiday that she was planning on staying at her grandparents and making an awkward and expensive commute from there to school each day. Taxi, two trains and a walk. I helped out with some of the logistics for this, but inside I was broken and helpless. This feeling only got worse through August exacerbated by the pressure of the role I was going to be returning to and the looming 10th anniversary of my wife's death. Try as I might, I couldn't shake the increasing crippling anxiety that was becoming a very physical presence in my life. Sleep was troubled or impossible and nothing seemed to make any difference. And it culminated in a very real vision of suicide one day when sat alone at my kitchen table. I didn't go through with it or even attempt it but it jarred me into seeking help from my doctor who prescribed me with an antidepressant. Unfortunately this actually seemed to make me even more anxious. Ironically a noted side effect on the medicine's guidance notes. I returned to work a week before the school opened to sort out a few things and have a meeting or two, but I was definitely not right. I did share this with the school, I I always believe in being very open. In the end, I lasted three days before the anxiety overwhelmed me and I was forced to take a day off. This day turned into two weeks once my doctor saw me, and there was an odd mixture of guilt and relief as she signed the sick note. I felt terrible at letting my colleagues and the children down, but relief as I couldn't go on. It was a very physical thing. If you've never experienced it, or watched someone else close to you going through it, it would be very easy to mistake it for the whole kind of feeling a bit blue, needing to cheer up, look on the bright side, enjoy the sunshine, go for a walk in the country. All of these things were suggested to me by different people at one point or another. Depression and anxiety are not like that. If you've not experienced it, the only way I can begin to describe it is imagine you're being stalked by a lion. Imagine the adrenaline, the racing heartbeat, the uneasy, queasy feeling, the the rising panic. Now imagine there are half a dozen lions all coming from different directions, all at once, all the time, all day, all night, constantly. It's exhausting and terrifying and unending and very, very real. It is absolutely not like being sad or bored or a bit down. It's not alleviated by sunshine or walks in the countryside or counting your blessings. Nothing makes any difference. And so it was. Two weeks of doctors signing me off work turned into four, then six. 
Medications were added to, dosages increased, meds were replaced with other meds, talking therapy was organised, things plateaued but didn't really improve. In the end, I never did return. I decided to take control of the one thing I had some say over. My daughter wasn't coming back, and my wife was still dead, but I could at least exert some control over what job I did. So, after two months off work, I decided to quit in order to allow the school to get on with replacing me and to allow me to get on with my life. At least they paid me for the remaining two months in lieu of notice, which I remain very grateful for. So, now I find myself a few months down the line, and I haven't sat still, dear listener. I have taken some more control by investing in training and equipment to become a voiceover artist. I now have a professionally equipped studio at home, which is a very grand title for a very small studio, and a website and a business account, and I've started auditioning for projects. Having a focus has really helped my recovery, and the bonus is that I am thoroughly enjoying the whole thing. So I thought I might treat you to a listen of some of what I've been creating. This first demo is my most recent creation, a simulated voiceover for a children's animation. I hope you enjoy it. Oh dear, oh my, this is all very scary for a rabbit. Something's terribly wrong in the Whimsy Woods. What's happening to me? I don't know, it's all very unusual. There's strange music drifting through the trees, and it's affecting all of us woodland creatures. Time is of the essence. What you all need here is the experience of a wily fox like myself. Because if you need... Actually, I think it's probably going to need all of us to get to the bottom of this. Slinky, any clues? Yes, Max. I slithered to the middle of the forest. And the music is issuing from the great beech tree. Oh, I didn't know there was a beech in the forest. I should have brought my bucket and spade. Oh, you daft bear, Bumble. Wrong type of beech, you see. There's beech and there's beech. Uh, now, if you take the first one, that's a type of tree. Reginald, we really haven't got time for this. Slinky, can you lead the way? Sure thing, Max. Follow me, squad. Uh, I'm a bit scared, Reginald. Will it be treacherous? Mm, I wonder if the tide will be out. It's okay, you'll be safe with me, Timmy. Stay close. There's the tree. The music is getting louder. It's coming from that hole in the trunk. Right, well, one of us is going to need to look inside it. I'd go myself, of course, but I've just remembered I've forgotten something. I've got this bad knee and also... If this is the beach, where's the sand? I'm going to look for an ice cream. It must be here somewhere. Well, it's not my turn. I was the one who showed us the way here. Oh dear, so maybe it's time I was a very brave rabbit. Oh well, here goes. Be careful, Timmy. I did it. It's okay, it was only this silly radio. Oh, Uh, oh yes, of course. So that's where I left it. I hope you enjoyed that. This next one is a series of adverts, all made up, of course. At Mutual Life, we know how important your family is to you. You might not want to think about life assurance, but should the worst happen, it's good to know they'll be in safe hands. We've been looking after our members for over 200 years. Mutual Life. 
for a life worth living. This summer, come to Funsters Park and unleash the pirate in your little ones. Ride the all-new pirate adventure. Ahar! Height restrictions do apply. A diamond says, I love you. A diamond says, I am yours. In a world where everything seems so temporary, give the gift that lasts forever. The all-new Ford Mercury. Awaken your senses. Book a test drive at your local Ford dealer now and unleash your beast. Anyway, thanks for listening. Next time I should have a guest with me, so you won't have to listen to just my voice. Take care, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you.